0: This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Well, hello, everybody. This is Hal.
1: And this is Melanie. And
0: we want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical.
1: We're going to be practical today, Hal.
0: Uh, well, we're going to talk about the season. And, we're and talking, it,
1: well, sort of. Yeah, we're going to talk about being sick and being married. And you know what? Everybody I know is sick right now.
0: We have been to the doctor's office so many times the past month.
1: And you, know, we really haven't been sick compared to some of our friends' families.
0: No, no, we haven't. You know, I
1: don't think any of us have had the actual flu. And I know tons of people who've had the flu.
0: Well, we've had a good year. I mean, some years are not good no. that way. Some years we have, that everybody, I remember one year, in fact, the year that our first book came out, the whole family came down with swine flu. That was the H1N1 variety. You remember that?
1: Oh, well, the, the year I remember is when we got the flu at Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and then had a relapse at Christmas. Uh-huh. That was pretty bad.
0: And that's just the flu. That's not a stomach virus.
1: Oh, don't even talk to me about stomach yeah. viruses. Y'all, if somebody looks at me. From across a stadium, and they have the stomach virus. I get it. Yeah. yeah, you know that's what I love about spring. Spring is flowers and green and warmth mm-hmm. and the end of colds and flu.
0: And you know what? We're in a very moderate temperature zone. I can only wonder about our friends up in the upper Midwest. I mean, how do you deal with it? But I guess, I guess you learn to live with it. But anyway, we're we're going to talk a little bit about you know the the. The traditional wedding vows have that promise that we're going to love and cherish one another in sickness and in health. And I think, you know, when when I came to the, to the wedding ceremony, I had never really been... I had tonsillitis one time. I'd had the flu a few times. But, I, I mean, sickness, sickness, sickness. I, I just didn't have experience of it.
1: I think few people do when they get married. And I think you just kind of gloss that stuff and you don't even really think about what that means.
0: I mean sh- sure it, it could be I, it potentially the, the I mean there's a possibility out there but, but... You know,
1: the truth of the matter is mm-hmm. I think it's true for nearly everyone mm-hmm. you know that well definitely at some point you're going to get the flu
0: yeah
1: you know there's going to be something that knocks you off your feet for a few days but I think for most people at some point or another there's going to be some kind of major illness.
0: Or, or even beyond illness, I would say a condition, because, you know, pregnancy is not an illness, but pregnancy has many of the same effects on your lifestyle that a protracted illness does in the sense that, you know, that it changes your lifestyle, it changes your abilities. and
1: I don't really like to think of it that way. I mean, pregnancy you know, is a good and healthy thing. Yeah. You know, and it's not a sickness. It's not a disease. No, not at all. But, you know, I think about a young friend of mine who has had a lot of nausea, mm-hmm. and that's kind of been a struggle for them yeah on the other hand i had horrible pregnancies i had bed rest pregnancies yeah i had to bed rest for months at a time with each of our eight kids
0: yeah and and we certainly we went through that with pregnancies and then um i had about bout with cancer and i spent about six months in chemotherapy and radiation therapy and then probably another year before i was really recovered i think and so You know, we've been, and we've, that's not even counting the kids. I mean, we've got kids who've had broken bones. We've had kids with, uh, our child that was born with a birth defect and. You know,
1: let's be honest. Yeah. We have had all kinds of bizarre and strange problems over years. Okay. And yet I don't think of us as a sickly family, but we've had, we've had kids break bones. We've Mm -hmm. had them. Damage their knees, playing football. Yep. Dislocations
0: and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, or dancing.
1: You know, I right. don't really think, I think of us as a generally pretty healthy family. I think, good grief, what are the sickly families going through?
0: Well, let, you know, here's here's the thing. We make that promise. We make that promise up front that we're going to be there for one another. We're going to love one another even when we're sick. And, you know, that that's really a practical matter. That's really the rubber meets the road there because... You know, that's when the loving feelings just aren't there, you know. That that's when you, you, you don't have that, that warm fluffy feeling when one of you is throwing up in the in the bathroom, you know. That that's kind of the, the romance is sort of not in the picture at that point. And yet
1: And yet the- and yet it is. Because I now I don't know if this is as big a deal to you as it was to me. Mm-hmm. But do you remember when I got food poisoning? My great uncle died, and we went to the funeral. Mm-hmm. And in the South, funerals are accompanied by food and a lot of it.
0: A lot of food from a lot of people. From a
1: lot of people, and who knows how long it's been out. Mm. And I ate a meal there, mm-hmm. and I don't know what it was, but I got home, and I got about as sick as I have ever been.
0: You, Yes, you were a very sick young woman at that point. I, I agree. Well, I ended yep. up
1: in the hospital. Right. But, you know... We had only been married a matter of weeks. That's right. And I will never forget Mm -hmm. that feeling of being in the bathroom, throwing up, Mm -hmm. and feeling so, such a, I felt such a nasty mess, you Mm -hmm. know? And I I was a newlywed. I was used to, you know, trying to be pretty and everything. Right. And I felt such a nasty mess and so helpless. And I remember you wetting a washcloth and washing Mm -hmm. my face off. Mm Mm-hmm. And I tell you what, boy, I felt some love for you. Oh, well. I mean, I felt a huge wave of affection for you.
0: Well,
1: you know, and that's
0: encouraging. <laughs> uh You know, and I think that's well. One of the great examples from our own from our own family history is your grandparents. You know, oh, yeah. and how your grandmother had multiple bouts of cancer back in the days when the therapies were not easy to manage. No. And and in, in their last few years, she was driving over to the nursing home three times a day to make sure that your grandfather was being fed by somebody that cared for him and somebody that protected his dignity.
1: Well, he had Alzheimer's. Right. And she took care of him at home as long as she possibly could. Right. And when it was not safe anymore, mm-hmm. she put him in the nursing home. But, yes, yeah, she drove over there and she fed him every meal hmm She took him to the bathroom because he, knew it, he she knew it embarrassed him to have the nurses help him. Right. And and she just showed him such such love, and I'll never forget, mm-hmm. asking her and saying, Nana, what in the world? You're killing yourself doing all this. They, there's nurses paid to help him. Surely you need to take a day off now and then. Mm-hmm. And she said, you know, and I especially want to know this because I knew their history. Mm-hmm. I knew that he was a violent alcoholic when they were young, when they were newlyweds. Right. And I thought this would have been, you know, it would have been very tempting just to walk away. Yeah. And I, I asked her about it. And she said, I know, honey, but, but your Papa Ray changed. Mm-hmm. He came to Lord folks. Right. And she said, when I had cancer, he was there. He carried me to appointments in Charleston and in Greenville and all over this state. Mm-hmm. And he sat beside my bed. And he held my head while I threw up, hmm. and she said he was there for me, and I will be here for him
0: Wow wow okay and was, so
1: that's love
0: well you know it, I think that's a that's a really critical part of of dealing with your mate being sick is to recognize I mean first off love is about doing it's not about feeling it it's it is an action it's a choice of our of our behavior toward another person rather than purely a reflection of our feelings of the moment. Yes. And, and I think that's a really important thing to remember, you know, that over and over we see that in scripture that love works its way out in our actions, not just in the, the Ooh, wow, butterfly kind of fluffy feelings. I mean, those are there. Those are great when they're there, but when you are, you know, when you are absolutely beat by chemotherapy, when you are recovering from a really difficult pregnancy or whatever that, you know, Something else comes into play than just the animal attraction.
1: Right. You know, true love is putting someone else's feelings and needs ahead of your own. Right. And, you know, there's a passage in Ecclesiastes that Mm -hmm. really speaks to me of this. It's Ecclesiastes 4, starting in verse 9. It says, two are better than one, because they have a good reward for their labor. Mm -hmm. For if they fall, one will lift up his companion. But woe to him who is alone when he falls, and he has no one to help him up. Again, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. Mm-hmm. But how can one be warm alone? That one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand, can withstand him. Mm-hmm. And a threefold cord is not quickly broken. You know, that the two of us in marriage together, if one of us has a need, the other one can step up and meet it. You know, that one, I'll be strong one day or week or even year. Yep. And you'll be strong another one.
0: And we just take turns.
1: And that threefold cord that's not quickly broken you know yes. when we have the lord too, to rely on mm-hmm. we are strong
0: well in that and there are some things some unexpected things that come out of the experience of sickness together that i want to go into kind of as the as the, as the summary because i think it's the unexpected lessons that you get from making it through a major a major illness but um yeah, I mean that's that's such a great passage there, and that is a that's a very important thing. we see that how over and over um, that the love we show, the self-sacrificing love, the serviceable kind of love that we show to one another, in that moment when you are totally unable to reciprocate, you yes. are totally in in need. That kind of love gets reciprocated later. Oh yes, the payback comes with interest. Well, later you you, on. Never right. you
1: never forget it. You never forget being Mm -hmm. someone being there for you when you really need them
0: you know i think one of the things we have to remember this too is that it's okay to be vulnerable in fact i think we need to be vulnerable we need to admit that hey we need one another Mm -hmm. and and that's that we need our mate we need, you know, parents may need the help of children. Children definitely need the help of parents. We need to be open and transparent with our friends and with our, our church fellows.
1: Oh, I think this is so important, Helen. It's so hard mm-hmm. because we, you know, we have a strong, in the United States, we have a, a, a very strong ethic of independence. Right. And we don't want to be dependent on people. You know, we, we want to take care of ourselves. Right. And yet, you know, the... The word says in Galatians six, mm-hmm. what is it?
0: Uh, yeah, Galatians six two. It says to bear one another's burdens and thus fulfill the law of Christ. You know, if I if I'm not willing to put my pride aside and say, "Hey, brethren, pray for us. We really need a hand here. We we're really struggling." If if we're not if we're not able to be transparent with our brethren in the church, we are not giving them an opportunity to fulfill that commandment.
1: And you know. It's such a blessing to us when they do, and it's a blessing mm-hmm. to them, too. You know, Our church recently helped us with something, and I was mm-hmm. so grateful. And yet, when I expressed that gratefulness to mm-hmm. one of the leaders in the church, they were grateful they'd been able to help, and yeah. that it was a blessing to them.
0: Yeah, he said, we're just a conduit.
1: You know, John, our oldest son, told us a story the other day. Mm-hmm. That really touched me because I I feel awkward sometimes. We have so many prayer requests. People, we are like the Job family sometimes. It's one thing after another. You know, Mm -hmm. it's always we need prayer about something. Right. And I feel awkward sometimes sharing all those prayer requests. And yet, you remember what John said about his time at Oxford?
0: He, He was at Oxford and away from the family all that time we were dealing with Katie's birth defect and all of that critical hospitalization with her and then my cancer therapies and you know all of the all the stress of that and so he was sharing these prayer requests just week after week in his fellowship there back in england and he felt embarrassed about it but when he left he had more than one but one in particular came up to him after as they were departing and said i just wanted to tell you how much you blessed us by being transparent because we got to see your faith we got to take part in god's work in your family and you were open and shared that with us and we just want to say thank you so much
1: well, yeah you know, i've heard the same thing from the, from people I, in a mom's group on facebook and mm-hmm. some of those ladies have said you know i have so appreciated hearing your prayer request because seeing your trust in faith has helped me have trust and faith in my own circumstances and seeing god meet your needs encouraged me that god can meet my needs
0: And you know what? Meeting needs. I want to talk about some practical things that we learned through this that allowed us to bless other people. But I'd like to take a break here and say a word on behalf of our sponsor. Can we do that right now? Sure. Let's talk. Let's Let's do that.
1: Reading the Bible can encourage a person in their relationship with the Lord as much as any other spiritual discipline. The Christian Standard Bible is an English translation that strives to be faithful to the original languages without sacrificing clarity. The CSB maintains accuracy while remaining easy to read. It is a translation that pastors can feel confident preaching from and the person in the pew can feel comfortable reading from in their own devotional time. The Word of God is living and effective, transforming the hearts of people, and our hope is that CSB is useful in more people being encouraged to read the Bible and share it with others. Learn more at csbible.com.
0: Okay, so um so we were talking about some practical things that came out of going through periods of sickness together certainly we've been that. You know, one thing that, that struck me I think was when we had um we had some friends in our church who had a um who had a really difficult deliveries i recall they had i think that was the situation they had a they child had a that pre, was born. they
1: had a premature child it was a
0: premature baby that's right and you know we know to took him a casserole or something but we just didn't know I didn't
1: really know how to help somebody yeah. who was I stuck mean, in hospital all that time and
0: they're 60 miles away at the children's hospital in another city and we just didn't know what to do well and then we had a child with a birth defect and we were in the NICU for weeks and wow because people helped us and we said man make a note this is what we really were thankful for you know people yeah people brought food and they made sure that are to take things by the house too for the kids but but that they brought us gift cards
1: to, gas cards. To buy
0: gas for the car back and forth and to buy...
1: Restaurant cards. Restaurant
0: cards. And they brought us snacks that had some actual nutritional value. Like
1: protein. You can't get anything but carbs in a hospital. And,
0: and just, you know, things that really helped ease our mind on so many worries and just the stress. And And we thought, okay, so the next time somebody in our circle had, in fact, it was that same family that had another child that was diagnosed with leukemia. And we said, we know how to help this family now. <sighs>
1: Yeah, I knew exactly how to help. You know, 2 Corinthians 1.8. Mm-hmm. We comfort one another with, in the way that we've been comforted. And so when we ha- live through times of sickness and illness, we learn how to help somebody else. And that helps, too, when you've got a mate who's ill, and maybe they're irritable, and they're hard to get along with. I, and yes. it helps to think, okay, what do I need when I'm sick? how do I feel when I'm sick? How can mm. I bless them?
0: Mm. Yes. What, what a great lesson. Well, you know, something related to that. I, I was thinking about William F. Buckley, the founder of National Review Magazine, um, had a long, a long and loving relationship with his wife, Pat, but she had, she came down with cancer late in her life and had a really painful variety. I forget what it was, but um, he made the observation, kind of quietly to the side, that, you know, pain is like water; it will find every crack in your character. Well, that's and that's it true. just, and I think that's true of sickness in general. When you're sick, you're out of sorts. You're not yourself. You're irritable. You're easily set off. You, you know, you feel demanding. And and frankly, maybe not maybe if you're not sick but you're the one who's picking up all the load for the wife for the husband that's sick in bed and you're the one's got to run all the errands and you've got to take care of all the kids and and you're feeling pretty stressed out and you're not really at your best either you know what this is a situation where when when there's sickness in the house everybody needs to take a breath and they need to think before they speak because i think that it, it's so easy to get irritable with each other and to snap at one another or Maybe we're especially careful around the sick room, but then we snap at each other back at the rest of the house. I think really when we're under that kind of stress, realize that, hey, we're under stress. We're not at our best. So let's walk carefully with each other. You know, let's speak gently. Let's be considerate. Let's be forgiving.
1: You know, one complaint I hear mom say that I think is really a misunderstanding. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I hear mom say, well, when... When he's sick, I take care of everything. But when I'm sick, he just lets the house go to pot. Mm-hmm. And I think it's hard for moms to realize that guys really don't see it sometimes. Because like, Truth. you know, there are times how that you've been working in the in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I come in and realize no one has done any of their chores all day. Mm-hmm. And I get so upset because I'm like, you've been right here. Mm-hmm. I say, hell, did you not notice nobody did their chores in here all day?
0: Yeah, and you look reaction up is, and you go blink, blink. Yeah, my reaction is, huh?
1: Yeah, I mean, you seriously what? could sit in the kitchen with it a total wreck and not notice it.
0: Well, it we, would
1: drive me insane.
0: We call that focus, dear. It's a male superpower.
1: Um, I think moms don't realize <laughs> that their husbands are not being lazy or sliding them. It's just really just not that important to them a lot of times.
0: Yeah. And there's some things that, I mean, frankly, we just don't manage well. I mean, we can't, I don't care what the culture says out there. Mom and dad are not interchangeable. And, and, you know, we try to pick up the slack when we have to, but you know, we can't really substitute for one another as at hundred percent efficiency. And, And that's probably just, we need to recognize that and give grace to one another. One of the things I think too, is when, when we're sick, I think we need to recognize that sometimes we're in denial, And and I tell you, that's really awkward. If you've got a large family that tends to catch everything that goes around, I really hate it when people are heroic and come to church anyway. Everybody in the family is throwing up sick, but I made it to church. Or the one
1: that gives you a great big hug and tells you how much they missed you this winter while y'all have been so sick and then explains that the rest of the family isn't there because they've been throwing up all night.
0: Bless your heart. Um, Can you just like give... Wave the right hand of fellowship, don't throw it around Honestly, my neck. Oh my worst. Is, yeah. oh, okay. So I think
1: people just don't get that not everyone may have a rock immune system like them.
0: Well, and I think I think sometimes we're in denial ourselves and, and that's one of the things that I think we need to say is, Hey, hello, everybody. We are now sick and we are going on on our sick protocol now, which means it's time to break out the paper plates. It's time yes. to use the disposable tableware. It's time to eat convenience foods because we we need to take the time and the energy to heal okay. and recover not to keep the house ready for the photo shoot for architectural digest.
1: Honestly
0: okay let's let's kind of relax and focus on getting over this illness mm-hmm. that would be good but and you know what maybe that's so maybe that's the um, the type A mom. Lowering the standard just a little bit and give herself a break. Maybe it's the very demanding husband lowering the standard, giving his wife some grace. But I think we need to do that kind of thing. Um, let's see. Do you want to talk about this thing? This is actually...
1: Yeah. Well, you know, I think that that's important when you're dealing with long-term stuff. Okay. You know, when you're dealing with long-term illness in mm. one or the other of you, right? it's important to show a lot of grace on both sides when it comes to marital affection.
0: I, I think it's I think we need a lot of affirmation yes, in that time. Yes. You know? To to say that, hey, I recognize that you are you're too sick really for for us to have any romantic time <laughs> together. Um and and I'm gonna be you know I'm gonna be patient with that. I need to I need to take that into account. And
1: Well I think having holding one another. Mm-hmm and sort of platonic physical affection is very important for mm-hmm. reassurance.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think it's important not to, I think it's important that both of you, if you're looking at a long-term sort of illness, mm-hmm. that both of you practice dying to self, that whoever is sick mm-hmm. may need to say, you know what? I don't really feel like it. Yeah. But I'm going to make the extra effort to please my mate. And the other one might feel like a lot more than is happening.
0: But saying, you know what, I'm not going to press my my suit on this, that this is something I need to deny myself and be patient and show show love by not showing <laughs> too much love in that direction. And you know what an
1: important component of this is, though, how, What is
0: it? What do you think? Do
1: you remember how the Lord told the Pharisees that when they were fasting, yeah. not to go around with sad, miserable faces so everybody feel sorry for them? Right. I think in that dying to self on both sides, both of you need to not be hang dog about it. Yeah. You know, not try to mm-hmm. guilt the other one one way or the other.
0: And, and I think it, it this is something that is really important to be able to talk about. I mean, to actually, just to say, hey, you know, how do you, what are you feeling really? I mean, and, and let's, let's see if we can come up with a, a way of life that will support all of our needs, everybody's needs and desires as, as much as we can, recognizing that when somebody's sick especially if it's a sick or a chronic type of illness it's not going to look like everybody else's family it, it is, and that's fine i mean it's a different situation yes. so i i think that's a I, I think that's one of those things that we just have to kind of take into account and realize that times come and go and seasons are real and sometimes <laughs> um sometimes the walk is not as easy as others it seems you know silly to have to say that but I think a lot of times we, a lot of times it's too easy for us to slip into thinking, I don't deserve this. I deserve better. You know, I'm disappointed yeah. because my, my hopes and dreams and wishes aren't being fulfilled. And really and truly.
1: Hello, welcome to a fallen world.
0: Welcome to a fallen world. You did not sign up for uh, a, a path of roses. You signed up for for better or for worse in the sickness as well as in health, you know, all of those things that come into the full spectrum of what it means to live life together.
1: Let's talk about kids and sickness.
0: Okay. Short
1: term, mm-hmm. you just got to survive. Yeah. And that means Netflix may be your friend or okay. Amazon prime, right? Prime video. Mm-hmm. You know, you just got to survive in the short term. If everybody's got the flu, yeah. you know what? Give everybody a blanket and a bucket in case they feel nauseous and put on Netflix
0: we have I remember sometimes when when we have had like the the virus ward going, it's like an Ebola outbreak at home and so sure. I remember times we've like put down plastic tablecloths <laughs> so everybody can just lie around on the vinyl sofas with plastic tablecloths and buckets and just And just let it just pass. Let it go, just, it go just, through. Yeah, just let your body work on it.
1: With more serious illnesses though, you've mm-hmm. gotta really put some thought into your children. Okay. You've got to be reassuring to your little children. And if you are, they will mostly believe you and be fine.
0: Yeah. But you know what? I think it's really important that we include kids in the discussion. Oh, yes. You know, that if we've got a serious illness, even to the point of, I mean, we had a friend, you had a friend who, who had had a couple of miscarriages and it really tore up the family because everybody loved, loved, loved having babies. Yeah. And I remember they got they got the pregnancy test back and they said, let's not tell the kids quite yet. And so,
1: and so the kids thought that they she was seriously ill.
0: They thought, yeah, they but, thought she must be so sick. Yeah, you,
1: you got to be straight with your kids, right? But your little kids are going to mostly believe you, right? Your older kids are going to jump in and help. Yeah, and they're, they're going to step they're going to get a lot say, of comfort from jumping in and helping. Your uh, middle kids are the ones you got to worry about.
0: You got to watch out for them because honestly, the middle kids are old enough to realize. Gosh, I see how serious this is, and I see that there's needs. But I can't drive, and I don't know how to cook everything yet, and I'm not sure what I can or ought to do. I just feel like I ought to do something.
1: Well, see, and a lot of times we don't give them tasks because we think, oh, I just don't want to burden them. I mean, so many times when I was on bed rest, I felt like I don't want to be a burden to my kids. I don't want them to resent their baby brother. But really, having something to do makes them feel better. And so you, if you give them a job and then thank them and tell them how much that helped you. How much it relieved you
0: you know one of the things we saw as we've gone through you know like you described we've had several periods of extended medical issues that we've had to deal with and we're a pretty close family large family living all in one place and so it was everybody was involved nobody got on the bus and disappeared and put it out of their mind for the day i mean we were all there all the time and one of the things we saw is that you know our children may not have been able to keep up with every outside class and every curriculum choice we had planned on, but God had His own curriculum going, and this is where our children learned compassion. This is where they learned how to serve. This is where they learned to work together to to support the family when mom or dad is just just not available. And and this is and really some of our major illnesses were times when. Even our, um, let's say our, our more um, our more relaxed students, kind of buckled down and said, "Hey, if education is going to happen, I got to take responsibility for it." Yes, and we've seen that with a, at least a couple of our sons who, when we were distracted in, in the hospitals and you know sitting there in the NICU for weeks on end and. You know, and and they just said, "Hey, this is my education, and I want to graduate on time, so I better, I better study independently."
1: I think this is the crux for your kids Mm -hmm. is realizing that your plans may have been all thrown up, Mm. thrown into chaos, right? But that God's plan for your children may be different than yours, and it's likely, and it's gonna, and it's gonna really be better because they're gonna learn things that you can't learn from a book.
0: Well, you know, one of the things they learn is. How does a Christian deal with illness and disappointment and, and uncertainty trial. and all of that? Yeah. And and that's, you know, this is a chance where we live out our faith in front of our kids. And living out your faith means it's got to be visible. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't shield them from it and expect them to, you know, pick it up from the air or, or something. You've got to say, hey, let's pray about this or can you help me with this? And yeah, we're we're really concerned about that. But this is how the Lord the Lord's going to deal with it. And that's a really important thing. And I think that, I think again, that some of our kids have, have come out of our experiences with a stronger faith Yes, because they saw that we had to exercise faith. We had no choice. I mean, you either have faith or you give up and, and trusting in the Lord and seeing the Lord's hand working through providing for our family, healing us of illnesses, you know, encouraging us when we were most down, I think really encouraged those young people to, to say, Hey, that faith, I'm going to make that my faith too.
1: I agree. You know, one last thing, and I know we're out of time now. Sure. But one last thing about marriage and sickness is you've got to be super careful when the pressure is off to control yourself.
0: Yeah. To
1: control your temper. Because that mm -hmm. that pressure lets go. It's really easy to let go of all that self-control you've practiced for months through the stress and just explode all over the other person, and you can't do it.
0: Well, I think we've all heard stories about families who had, you know, Desperate illnesses with a child and mom and dad pulling together like a team for sometimes years. And then when it's over, maybe the child has gone to heaven. Maybe the child is better now or something. The marriage breaks up because the mom and dad have invested so much in the kids. And when the pressure's off, they just let go of all the stress, all of the anger, all of the resentment, all of the I wish it had been differently at each other.
1: Boy, what a mistake. What a mistake. You know, because... You have each other. And yeah, you know, sometimes life just stinks, Hal. Well, sometimes it's tough. Sometimes life is just really tough. You've got to be really careful not to take that out on the one person who is for sure on your team.
0: And so if you've got a crisis going, if you've got a health crisis of some sort or really any sort of crisis, you need to look beyond the resolution of it. You look beyond getting out of the hospital or beyond bringing the baby home from ICU or beyond getting over the cancer therapy, and and look a couple of months down the road, say, look, we've got to stay on our good behavior as mm-hmm. we transition back to the new normal lifestyle now and, mm-hmm. and show grace to one another, forgiving one another, choosing to love one another. Yes. Because you can't just say, okay, um, I'm just going to let it all hang out now because I've earned it. I deserve it. Nobody's going to deprive me of it. Yes. No, no, you you don't deserve it. We need to we need to walk in faith even after the crisis. And so beware of the aftershock. That's yes. a, that's a good closing word here. Look. Um, we hope that you're healthy. <laughs> we hope that you are feeling better soon if you're not, but uh, recognize that God is the God who who made us and sustains us and he's also the God who heals us and that all things are working according to his plan and ultimately for for our good. And so we want to encourage you with that.
1: We have a free download for you guys. If you want more encouragement and more help, particularly about homeschooling Uh during health crisis and other crises, you can go out to our website at com slash sickness and get a free download of our workshop, Homeschooling in Hard Times.
0: That is is a really good workshop. We have given it all over the country. But, you know, we have been through some hard times. And we've homeschooled from the beginning, and we've graduated four, and we're still going. And so we want to encourage you with that. Please come out, subscribe to our newsletter, get this free download. It's an hour-long piece of encouragement with lots more practical advice than we've been able to share in a half-hour podcast. Well, look, we just thank you so much for joining us, and we hope that you'll join us again next week as we look again at taking biblical principles and applying to the 21st century family. Until then, I'm
1: Hal. And I'm Melanie. Thanks for listening. Bye, y'all.
0: You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Melanie, or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.